sports fans betters and cappers and welcome back to the competitive hedge podcast i'm your host kenneth connerl this is episode 218 of the podcast and this is a podcast all about sports and the world of betting we talk about the latest in the sports world before giving you some plays on the betting front now i'm happy to be back talking some sports betting content and i have a couple of special guests here today if you've been monitoring our social media you'll see that we recently joined the playbook hq discord which features almost a dozen sports bettors across many different sports. And I've got a couple of them joining me here tonight. So firstly, starting out with Joe, you can find him at picks underscore Joe's as he was recently canceled over on X. Joe, how are we doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? Enjoying the unsuspended life on social media again. (laughs) Love to hear it. And I'm also being joined by Brandon, AKA fam XO underscore over on X. Brandon, how are we doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. We're, we're ready to talk some sports betting. We obviously have a uh, Thanksgiving football coming up tomorrow. If you're American, happy Thanksgiving to you. Canadians, we celebrated about a month ago. So uh, always looking forward to uh, Thanksgiving games. Just an excuse for me to tune in while I'm working. But if you are a listener today, be sure to hop over to our YouTube channel. If you have any betting questions throughout the show that you want to answer, drop them there. And we're just going to get right into it. Uh, the Playbook Discord folks are here. And we got Thanksgiving football. So let's start out with the first game tomorrow. We've got Green Bay and Detroit, typical Lions playing on Thanksgiving game. We got Detroit minus seven and a half. 47 and a half is the over-under kickoff at 1230 Eastern time. So, Joe, I'm going to start with you. We saw earlier in the year Detroit, they blew them out of the water 34 to 20 uh, in Green Bay. So what are your expectations for this game? Well, as you said, the spread minus seven. I could see Green Bay playing catch up the whole game, more or less. Uh, there's a lot of injuries on Green Bay's front as well defensively. I think they're down. Maybe they're starting cornerback. I have to look that up quick. Um, but it's Jordan Love. Jordan Love just not having a great first season with Green Bay, and teams basically know how to play him. And like I said, they played the Lions earlier in the season. So they kind of have an idea of what he's actually going to do and how he plays. Uh, My only concern really is golf has regressed slightly in the last couple of weeks, but uh, I think some home cooking on Thursday night will help him turn that around too. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I do agree on the Jordan Love point. Um, I've been a big, uh, we'll say, uh, criticizer of his on this show. In fact, I'm very anti-Jordan Love on this show, but – 
I do kind of like a prop of his that we'll get into in a little bit because I don't think that there's a lot else that Green Bay has going for him. But Brandon, what are your initial thoughts on this game for tomorrow? I really think this game is going to be lower scoring than we most than a lot of us think. Like obviously, Detroit has a great offense. You know, Amonra St. Brown, and then you got the two running, two headed running back monster back there. But I think we're kind of underestimating how good Green Bay's defense can be. I mean, we saw it this last week. They held the Chargers, one of the best offensive teams in the league, to what was it, twenty points? I know the Chargers are struggling offense or defensively, but I I think it's going to be I, – I'd like to honor the game. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm looking at it, and it's tough, especially when you get into divisional games because, as I said, you see 34-20 the last time they squared off, and you would think that that means, oh, it's going to be another high-scoring matchup, but they have gone under in six of their last 10 head-to-head. I don't like to put too much head-to-head stuff into NFL, especially when we're talking across multiple seasons, and there's a ton of – uh ton of turnover in some of these teams, but I'm going to give you guys a player prop that I like right out of the gate. I do like the Jordan Love passing yard total over 228 and a half. I think that the only way that they're going to generate any sort of offense against the Lions is going to be in the pass game. Lions do have the fifth best rush defense, so not ideal if they're trying to get, well, it's going to be A.J. Dillon if he goes, but if not, there's no Aaron Jones in the lineup either. Detroit's weakness, if we are talking defense, is their pass game, so I think that if Love is trailing the whole time as well, that kind of just sets up for him to throw for a lot of empty yards. I I looked at his passing touchdowns, but I just don't have faith that he's going to be able to throw uh, two or more. So I like his passing yards. What are your guys' thoughts on it? Uh, I'm also on Jordan Love, but I'm taking his pass completions. Okay. Uh, he's over his, it's at 20 and a half right now. Most sports books, uh, he's over in the last six out of 10 games. Uh, he's averaging 34 pass attempts a game. Uh, he has a pass completion percentage of 60.2. Uh, so he's kind of like a tale of two halves. In the first half, he averages 8.4 pass completions. And then in the second half of games, he's up to 11.9 pass completions. So in the last game against Detroit, he finished with 23. And Detroit's basically given up 34.4 pass attempts per game and a completion percentage of 62.5. Yeah, I, I think that it, this just plays into the fact that we think that they're going to be trailing here. And I get worried anytime you get a spread, especially like seven and a half, like once you get past the touchdown, I really would feel more comfortable if it was six and a half. But, but that's why Vegas does what they do. Brandon, any any bets that you're looking at for this game? Uh, just right off the bat, I like Jameer Gibbs rushing and receiving yards combined total. Um, let me see what it was at. I just looked it up here. It's at 80 and a half. He's cleared this line uh, his last four out of five games. Um, I really – I know they held um, Austin Eckler last week to zero receiving yards, but I really think that, you know, Jared Goff, like uh, Joe said, he's having some regression we've seen in the last couple of weeks. He's going to hit those dump-offs. And Dave Montgomery is not the pass-catching running back in that offense. It's Jameer Gibbs. He'll break a run. The Green Bay Packers have bad run defense. So I, I really like his uh, over on the rushing and receiving yards. Okay, any other bets that we like for this game? Maybe not a player prop, maybe game-wise. Any for either of you? Jordan Love's kind of the one that I'm looking at for this game. For me or for me and either, either of you. <laughs> um, 
I was looking. I I haven't took taken anything yet, but Amon Ra catches. You know, if he's not passing it to Jameer Gibbs in the in the flat, he's gonna hit Amon Ra. So his, Amon Ra's line seven and a half. He didn't hit it last time, but he's been he's been solidly catching the ball all year. I like that. That's really the only other line I was looking at was uh, Amon Ra catches. Joe, any others for you, or are you moving on? Joe, I think you're muted. Oh, no. Oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, I took his uh, 81 and a half receiving yards. I actually just pulled up the injury report. Green Bay might be without Alexander, who's questionable. Uh, Ballantine's also questionable. And their free safety, Ford, is also questionable. So, big... Big holes in the defense for Green Bay to keep Brown contained. Yeah, and I mean that's Goff's number one guy, and he definitely leans on him a lot in these spots. So I think that I think that that's definitely worth a look on the Amon Ra front. Now, that's the first game. Then we head into the the middle one. We got an NFC matchup. I see the Eagles hat there for Joe, so he'd like to see both of these teams lose, despite the fact that I'm a Dallas fan. Oh, crazy! <laughs> well, this podcast got interesting. The Browns are better than both of you guys. Uh, I don't know about all that, but <laughs> but I think that this line is is pretty crazy for Dallas to be getting twelve and a half in the divisional game. And I know that Washington's coming off that Giants loss, but I've been a Dallas fan long enough to know letdown spots for this team. It's forty eight and a half is the is the total there. Kickoffs four thirty Eastern time, so. I personally think that they might be looking past Washington. When you look at their next five games after that, that's going to be the meat of their schedule. They got Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. So they're about to go on a very tough late November and December schedule. So, Joe, I'll start with you because you, you'd you love to see a tie here. So uh, so what are your thoughts on it? I love to see them both beat the hell out of each other. But, you know, <laughs> um, I went with uh, – Dak Prescott's overpass completions at 24 and a half on FanDuel, I think 25 and a half other places. Uh, he's over in his last seven out of 10 games. He's averaging 33.8 pass attempts, uh, pass completion percentage of 69.6, 23.7 pass completions per game, 14.5 first half pass completions, and 9.2 second half pass completions. The thing that sticks out at home, he's over this line in four out of four games averaging 27.5 pass completions per game. Uh, Washington's giving up an average of 35.5 pass attempts and a completion percentage of 63.2. Okay. I I do like the spot for Dak. I I do think that Dallas not having Zeke like they did last year, that running game is just not what they expected it to be. They thought that Pollard could be a a first and second down back. I, I don't know if he's necessarily that from what we've seen this year, but um, I do think that they could run into some issues here. I will say against a pretty uh, depleted Washington D-line since they were sellers at the deadline on the defensive line front. Brandon, anything for you in this game? Um, first off, I like I, I like Washington to cover the spread yeah. just because, like what you just said, um, Dallas might be overlooking them. They might very much be like underestimating this Washington team. I don't think this Washington team is bad. Sam Howell's good. Eric Bannemi is a great coach. I think Riverboat runs on his way out. So I like Washington cover the 12 and a half point spread. Um, and then also a prop that I was just looking at Dak Prescott rushing yards. Um, he's hit it 
every single time he's played against um, Washington, but he's also hit it 80% of his last five. It's at 12 and a half. I mean, he could scram- He could easily just scramble out on a broken play or something and, and get 12 yards, 13 yards, whatever it may be. So I kind of li- like that one too. Yeah, I I like his rushing uh, yards as well. I think that he's definitely going to be scrambling out there a, a decent amount. Um, I like Washington to cover. I kind of like their team total. You can get 17 and a half at plus money. I think that they're going to figure out a way to get to, to 21, but I don't think that it's going to be through Sam Howell. I mean, Dallas's strength is their, their pass defense, but they're 15th against the rush. So I think if you're looking for a TD play, I don't think that Brian Robinson's ever a bad idea in this spot. I think that he's going to figure out a way to get in the end zone for Washington. So that's kind of where I'm at as far as a, a touchdown play goes and I guess a player prop. Any others for either of you on this game? Uh, this we, could, we could also talk about an interesting stat. Then. It's going to be one of the rare times you actually hear me praise Dallas. Um, <laughs> I was looking at Sam Howell's under passing yards, actually. Okay. And the only reason why I say that is because Dallas right now is second in the league giving up passing yards per game and second in pass attempts. And the last couple of quarterbacks that have played them, the only person that's cleared their overline has been Purdy. Everybody else has gone under against Dallas this season. That might be worth a look at. Like, as I said, their their pass defense is phenomenal. If Parsons is getting home, then it could be a long day for Howell. And, I mean, you got Bland in the secondary. He's already got four pick sixes, which is pretty crazy to, to, to even say that, that, that he's been that productive for them. But um, I definitely think that – I think that Dallas is going to win. I, I'm not necessarily worried about them losing the game outright. Just, I think, 12-and-a-half divisional game on Thanksgiving – do we think that Rivera gets fired if he loses this game? Because, I mean, he's coming off the Giants' loss as well. He looks very disinterested. What do you guys think? I think he won't get released until the end of the season. I think they want to have a smoother transition into Eric Bieniemy taking over as head coach. So I don't think they'll just toss Bieniemy into it midseason. I think they just ride out the rest of the season, get a top overall pick, and then let Biennemi and his staff come in and just kind of take over the franchise and try to lead it in the right direction. Well, I will say what's doing you a favor is they don't play Philly again. Otherwise, he'd be fired after that. <laughs> the expectation can't be that high against Philly. <laughs> uh, well, if he loses to Dallas and then you lose to Philly again, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I do think uh, I do think that he's on borrowed time. Whether that's going to be after this game or at the end of the season, I think we all know that the enemy is there for a reason, and that he's going to be taking over the reins at the end of the year. Um, and then let's chat about the last one. We got 49ers. They're minus seven on the road, taking on Seattle. A little bit of line movement. It was 43 and a half earlier, now up to 44 and a half for the over under total. Kickoff at 8:20 Eastern time. So, Joe, I'll start with you. What are your initial thoughts on this game? Well, I wanted to take Brock Purdy's uh, pass attempts, but uh, the sports books are not being kind to us, so I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow for that. <laughs> uh, but I'm going the other route, and I'm going to ride the hot hand of Kittle. And his line is at 49.5 on FanDuel, and it's like 52.5 on other sports books. Uh, he's over in his last six out of ten games. You know, he's averaging 5.6 targets, 4.3 receptions, uh, 29.7 yak yards. Uh, and averaging 64.8 receiving yards per game. He likes playing against Seattle. He's over in two out of four games, averaging 87.8 receiving yards. 
Seattle's giving up a boatload of passing yards, 233, and uh, 37.4 pass attempts and a completion percentage of 65.5. Kittle's last four games, he's been over this line astronomically with 78, 149, 116, and 89. Yeah, it did feel like for a few weeks there when they were struggling that they just weren't involving Kittle at all, which is crazy when you know that he's top three tight end in the game. And it felt like they were just using him in a blocking sense. And then once they started getting him involved again in the uh, passing game, then we start to see Purdy play a little bit better. Now, I think given the fact that it looks like Kenneth Walker's doubtful, Geno Smith is not 100%. He's got that elbow issue. I kind of like... San Fran to cover. I hate taking a full touchdown road division spread, but I just don't see a scenario where they're going to be able to keep up. I also like Geno's under on his passing yards. He's 241 and a half. If he's got that elbow issue, plus San Fran giving up only 221 passing yards per game, I just don't see a scenario where they're really going to be in this game. I think that San Fran's going to route them as, as they have most teams this season, quite frankly. So, Brandon, what are your thoughts? Um... Weirdly enough, I, I'm i looking at Jackson Smith and Jigba receiving yards for tomorrow. He's hit it 80% of his last five, and the one game he didn't hit it in was against the Browns. And not even to gloat, we have probably the best defense in the league, probably the best defensive back group in the league. And you got to think that San Francisco just lost, uh, what was his name, Kufunga? The, their yeah. star yeah. safety. So that, that secondary is kind of beat up if they can – if they can get him the ball, I, I like Jackson Smith to cover his over yards, which is only 36 and 38 and a half. I'm sorry. That seems really low for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like that line as well. I might ride with you on that one. Just looking at his last number of games. Yeah, he's been really productive, starting to get involved a lot more in the offense, which tends to happen with rookies. I mean, you the mid-season spike. start slow. Um, unless you're Quentin Johnson, then you continue to be slow and just drop like <laughs> that could have resulted in uh in the stop. I had Charter's money line, man. Stop. <laughs> I, I know that one was that one pained me, especially when I was on the as much of the Jordan Love hatred train as I've been on. When when he dropped that, I'm like, man, he really got bailed out again. So uh that that's the way that the Chargers are, though, unfortunately. So any other bets for this game or are we good to move on? I ain't got nothing else. Uh, CMC, CMC anytime it. touchdown. CMC anytime. No, nah, we're not doing that. He already broke that chain. <laughs> good, good that's that's already a no-go it now. <laughs> anytime this week. Those are the type of winners that we want to put out here. I'll so. have an anytime touchdown parlay set up for tomorrow just for fun. <laughs> uh, one parlay for tomorrow that we locked in on a Twitter space uh, that was yesterday. We took, uh, what do you call it? We took Detroit, Dallas, and San Francisco. Uh, three-way money line parlay for the three of them. What was the it came out to like plus one? It came out to plus one hundred yesterday. Obviously, no, it probably shifted now, but but yeah, we're gonna ride with the uh, three favorites tomorrow. Uh, I don't see Detroit, Dallas, and San Francisco losing. So we're not including the Miami Jets game because that's. Do we like <laughs> Tyler Lockett receptions tomorrow? I'm just I'm still looking at lines here. He's, the only thing that worries me with that is his elbow. You don't yeah. know. If he gets hit once, you don't know if that's going to knock him out of the game or not. Historically, he's been very good against the Niners. That's why I was asking. What's his line at? Four and a half. The last, he's covered it five out, or four out of the last five against the Niners, and he's cleared it by a lot. But, again, yeah, he is 
he is banged up. He's so. another player that drives me crazy. I think that's the duo that drives me crazy the most in Seattle is him and Metcalf. When you yeah. go to bet on one of them, the other dude goes off. And then when you bet on him, the other guy goes off. Just bet them both. It does feel like other teams that have that one-two punch, they both tend to eat. And in Seattle, it's just one of them goes for 120 and the other one gets 20 yards, and it's so frustrating to bet yeah. on them. So. Um, so let's chat. Uh, we'll move on. Um, only other Thanksgiving bet that I have tomorrow if you're in the college basketball realm. Still waiting on lines on this one. It is Arizona and Michigan State. Arizona, though, 5-0 against the spread, and they are playing in Palm Desert. So I think that this is a spot where Arizona can potentially uh, win and cover. Also, uh, Michigan State's best player, Tyson Walker, he's a game-time decision with an illness. So I think that's going to hurt them big time. So just something to monitor lines-wise, if you can get a decent number there. Anything below five points, I think I think you definitely hammer Arizona tomorrow against the Spartans. Now, um, let's head over. Let's chat Friday afternoon NFL action. It just feels gross to say that in general. Uh, a Friday football game, Black Friday. Miami minus nine and a half taken on the New York Jets. <laughs> Starting for the Jets. And they are at home here. So, first of all, are you guys even tuning into this game? I feel like I'll maybe put like a touchdown score in it, and then just maybe toss. It's on a very team. chalky game, in my opinion, because New York has a has a decent defense, but like I just don't know what team I'm going to get with Miami week to week. I mean, they they struggled against Las Vegas, but then they blow teams out like Denver. Like I don't know what team I get with with the Miami Dolphins every week. It feels like any team that gets physical with them, they just fold. And that's what worries me because I think that Jets defense, they know that the only way that they're winning football games right now is if they hold teams to 10 points. And I don't know if that's going to be possible with Miami, but I definitely think you got Hill game time decision, Mostert game time decision, A-chain game time decision. I would assume that most of those guys are going to play at least as of now, but it is worrisome when you see game time decision at any point. So um, also last year in these head-to-head matchups, like the Jets held Miami in check in both games. So that really concerns me heading into this one because there hasn't been a lot of changes on the Miami offensive front. So I don't know if they watch something on film that's going to get them going on offense, but 25 and a half is their team total. And I kind of like the under there um, as much as they have all those explosive weapons. So Joe, anything for you here? Ah, uh, yeah, you know, because I hate myself and I have to bet in the <laughs> NFL game, whether the matchup's bad or not. The only thing I spotted with Miami is Mozart's over rushing yards is currently 60 and a half on FanDuel, 58 and a half on DraftKings. Probably taking on DraftKings, to be honest with you, because I don't like 60 and a half. So we're talking about the Jets defense. Fifth in yards given up passing, seventh in pass attempts allowed. But their run defense has been bad. Their run defense, they're ranked 30th, giving up 137 yards on the ground and 32.8 rush attempts per game. So I would probably lean towards the ground game for Miami more than their pass game. Yeah. And on the other side for the Jets, I like Brees Hall's receiving yards. Okay. What's that line sitting at? That's sitting at 24 and a half on FanDuel. Oh, I got a 26 and a half on DK. Yeah, it's at 26 and a half on DK. Okay. So the only reason why I say that, we look back to last season against Miami. He had 100 receiving yards. 
and he had 97 rushing yards. Okay. And they're starting a guy that has no prep time, so my thought process with it is he's going to look to dump the ball off instead of looking down the field. So. Okay. Yeah, I do. Do you get worried at all just on the Moster point? Let's say A-Chain doesn't go, and it's just Moster. I think I really like it. But if A-Chain's in there, do you get worried at all, or do you think that it's just they're, they're going to take turns feasting on this Jets defense? Oh, I mean, if I could pull up without him in the lineup, that would be nice. But I kind of can't because he's a game-time decision. Props not cash don't have that up yet. Um, yeah, I mean, he still gets his fair share. Mm. Even with uh, – Machine in the lineup, he's still doing 13.1 rush attempts. He's averaging 5.1 rush yards per attempt. So, I mean, he's still out there doing his thing. I mean, he's he's gotten what? He's averaging 69.1 yards on the ground this season. I mean, they faced some good run defenses. Philly, he only had 45. New England, he had 46. But against Kansas City, he had 85. And then last week, he had 86 against the Raiders. Yeah, and as you said, it is a bad Jets run defense at the very least. So, and Mostert's one of those backs where you know that he can bust off a 40, 50 yard run at any point. He has They're that. just so fast. Their whole yeah. offense is fast. There's just no, there's no holes there. That That's the only thing that worries me about that team total with Miami is that I know that like a hill play just comes from out of nowhere and suddenly, yeah. suddenly it just ruins everything. So it, it's risky going on the, the Miami team total, but I, I might lean there. I'll see. Probably going to play Mostert touchdown regardless. I do think that he'll he'll get in the end zone in that yeah. game. I don't know what odds are at right now, but I'll factor it into a same game parlay day of, I'm sure. So. But we also have a ton of college football happening. It's rivalry weekend now. I'm not the biggest college football guy in the oh, world. Hold I on. I have, I have one games. bet that I kind of – it's a narrative play. Okay. Um, Tyler Conklin – over receiving yards for the Jets. If you think about it, new quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, their best friend is always the tight end. So it could be a play there. I wouldn't put too big. I wouldn't put a unit on it. I'd put like half a unit on it and just see if it rides. But Tyler Conklin, his line's only 27 and a half. He could be just the best friend for Tyler Boyle this weekend, along with, uh, what's his name? Brees Hall. Okay. That'll be one that I monitor as well on, on Friday because I'm like you guys. I say that I don't want to bet this game, and then I'm going to get to Friday, and then I'm going to say, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll throw some money <laughs> Like I said, I already have the two bets in already, so here we are. <laughs> we, we, love, are we love the pain. We love the Friday pain. Friday afternoon football. Uh, so let's also chat college football. It's a big – I mean, quite frankly, I have big biggest Saturday of the season on here. It's just the biggest week of the season. we got rivalry week so far. Um, so one that I'm looking at for Friday is the Oregon state, Oregon game. Now we know that Oregon state, they just lost 22 to 20 to Washington at home. A lot of people thought that they were going to play spoiler for Washington, but Washington was able to pull it out. Now they get Bo Nix and Oregon here. So Brandon, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this game? I think Oregon's the best one loss team in the nation. Um, quite frankly, they lost a a last second game to Washington. I, I think they had every opportunity to win that game against Washington. I think Oregon State just kind of, not Oregon State, but Oregon just kind of dominates Oregon State this weekend. I, I think there's just, there's a big, 
there's a big gap offensively between these two teams. You know, you have uh, DJ Ula something something uh, for Oregon State. I don't think that kid has really recovered his confidence after being at Clemson and just not working out there. I mean, he's played decent this year, but I think Oregon's just too good. You got Bo Nix, you got Troy Franklin. Their offensive firepower is just too good, and as well, they have a pretty stout defense. I think Oregon covers 13.5 easily. I think this game goes over on the points because Oregon's got something to prove to the committee because they're ranked sixth right now. I think Oregon's going to do everything they can to prove to the committee that they are worthy of that four spot if everything falls in place for them with, you know, the outcome of Ohio State-Michigan. And then hopefully they're going to be rooting for Bama to win uh, against uh, Georgia in the SEC championship. So I think Oregon's going to do everything in their power to just dominate Oregon State and show the committee if everything falls right, we are the best one-loss team in the nation. Yeah, and I mean, we know heading into this weekend that there's a lot of teams that could potentially have a case for that top four. We know that it almost always works itself out. It does feel like this has been one of the tighter years um, ever, quite frankly, for for this top four. So um, I was looking at the over 62 and a half. They've gone over in their last three head-to-head. And in fact, they've been shootouts their last three times that they've played each other. And I do think that Oregon's going to put up a ton of points here. What are your thoughts on the over? I know that the Oregon team total is also 37 and a half. So do you like either of those? Um, Oregon's, Oregon State has a good defense. You look at their losses this year, and I'll pull it up right now on my computer. You look at their losses, they, they lose a weird one to Washington State, 38-35. They lose another weird one to Arizona. So, And then last week they played Washington tough. But, yeah, you look, they – play down to their competition. They should have they should have beat Washington. They definitely should have beat Arizona and they played up to Washington but couldn't get the job done. So yeah, so I like the over in that game, but I just think Oregon has too much on offense to compete. Okay, well that's that's kind of the big one on Friday. Is there any other college football plays for either of you guys on Friday that you're looking at? Um I'm looking at Missouri versus Arkansas here. I like Missouri's minus eight and a half. Um, simply put, I mean, I, I've, I'm going to sound like a broken record a lot, but offense is the name of game when it comes to college football. You know, you have the good defensive teams, but when it comes to college football, offense is what the committee sees. It's what the fans see. And Missouri's just, they, they have a three-headed monster over there. They have Brady Cook at quarterback, Luther Burden the third, and Cody Schrader, who are just... They might be the best trio in in the SEC. Um, <laughs> I'm a Ohio State fan, so I'm kind of biased. But, um, yeah, I don't think Arkansas hangs with them. The line's only eight and a half. Um, I think Missouri covers that. They Missouri's won um, the last six out of eight matchups uh, in that rivalry. So I think Missouri covers uh, eight and a half. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't have anything else for Friday, really. Um, I was looking at some college basketball lines, but again, those are pretty dated for what's going to be coming up on uh, Friday. But Saturday, I mean, you said it. You're an Ohio State fan. Number two, Ohio State taking on number three, Michigan. Michigan's minus three at home. Um, no Harbaugh. This is prop. Would you say this is the biggest Ohio State-Michigan game in a long time? The biggest one of my life. Um, I'm only 23, so... 
all I've known for the last 23 years of my life is Ohio State dominating Michigan. Minus these last two years, but they're cheaters, so you know we don't have to talk about the last two years. Um, my man said his whole life, like he's forty, he's younger <laughs> than the both of us. <laughs> but I really, so I'm looking at the last month um, for these two teams. More so, ever since that scandal broke out for Michigan, they haven't looked that great. Michigan is a good team; they're a great team; they're a top twenty-five team, top top ten team for sure. But the last month, their offensive struggles have shown so much. I mean, I think J.J. McCarthy's had in the last two weeks has had under 200 yards receiving or passing total. Um, and then, obviously, on the other hand of that, you have Ohio State, who has arguably the best college uh, wide receiver in the nation on their team, Marvin Harrison Jr., who can easily just pop off. I think he's heads and shoulders the best player in college football, and I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can, but I think he's the best player in college football. And I think, you know, everyone was saying with the Penn State game, the Penn State corner was going to lock him down. We saw what happened, you know, and I, and they're saying this this week that the Michigan corner is going to lock, lock him down. I, I think he's an NFL wide receiver playing against college kids, and – we know any NFL player could dominate a college kid. And so I think the X factor in this game is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. But in total, I think, and I, it, I'm i going to sound like a homer, Ohio State's going to win. And it's going to be because Michigan's offense will not perform as well as we think they can. But, yeah, so, that, that, so that's my outlook on that. So you're playing Ohio State money line. Is what you're telling me on Saturday. Yes. Yes. Okay. I I was thinking about playing Ohio State money line as well. Um, it does feel like everyone feels like it's going to be last year and Michigan's going to run the ball all over the place. But I do think that Harbaugh not being on the sidelines is going to be a major factor here. And it's justifiable why he's not on the sidelines as yeah. much as Michigan fans like to tell you that he's he's a he's a saint and everything. But uh, I, I do like Ohio State here as well. I do think I'm, I'm probably only going to put a half unit on it because I'm not the biggest college football guy, but I do like Ohio State yeah. this weekend. Another um, another thing with that Ohio State game um, is last year, Ohio State's defense was horrid. They had to sell out so much to try to stop the run that it just left things open over the top. That's why you saw at the later stage of the game, Ohio State's expecting run because Michigan trying to run out the clock in their minds. Nope. They're going to throw it over the top and score. This year, Ohio State has one of the best defenses in college football. Jim Knowles has that team playing sound football. They create turnovers. They attack the football. They play disciplined defensive football. I think Michigan also has a good uh, defense, but they haven't played anybody of caliber to Ohio State's offense this year. The closest thing they've played is Maryland, and we saw what happened last week against Maryland. They barely won. So that's just my two cents. I sound like a homer, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hopeful for Ohio State as well. I, I do hope that they win that game. I got some buddies that are Ohio State fans, so I will be tuning in at, at noon Eastern time for this one, and I think that it's going to be a good one. Brandon, give me one more college football bet for Saturday, and then what we're going to do is we're going to cap off the show with an NFL Thanksgiving TD parlay, we're all going to give a TD play for tomorrow. Uh, so that way the, the folks at home can can have something riding on those Thanksgiving games. So what's your 
What's your favorite game for Saturday outside of Ohio State? Um, it's got to be Alabama versus Auburn, the Iron Bowl. I think Alabama, this point spread right now is 14. Uh, might be 13 and a half, but I see it on 14 right now. But I think Alabama, you let we we as college football people, fans, whatever you want to call us, we let the wrong team get hot. Jaden Milrose working that offense just right. He's running the ball, making good decisions. Obviously, you have maybe the greatest. I think he's the greatest college football head coach of all time, Nick Saban. He's, I think Alabama, again, just beats Auburn by 14, um, as well as they have a lot riding on this because of the college football playoff as well. They made that SEC championship game. They beat Georgia. They're in. So that they, they know what they have to do, and they're going to do it. I like it. Riding with Bama, riding with the the best team of the last decade, I would say, in college football, uh, Alabama. So let's talk TD Parlay. So, Joe, I've given you a little bit of a break here on the show, so I'm going to actually start with you. Give me your favorite touchdown play for tomorrow that we can toss in a parlay. Uh, I'm picking C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is – He's over in two out of four head-to-head games against Washington, and in his last two games, he has two touchdown receptions and one against Carolina. I like it. He is playing really well for Dallas. It much it must pain you to pick a Dallas player to score a touchdown, but uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Philly's not playing, so I kind of can't pick anybody there. So, <laughs> but I do respect the fact that you took that the Dallas player off the board and take uh, C.D. Lamb there. So, Brandon, I'm going to go to you next. Give me your favorite TD play for tomorrow. George Kittle. George Kittle for Oh, Sam. I have a feeling that the three of us are going to pick more or less everybody what we're thinking about is going to be that parlay. <laughs> okay, and then I've got to pick a player for tomorrow in the well, – I'm going to pick one from the Lions and Green Bay game, so that way we have one in each of the games. So – I also picked the first game here, so if the TD parlay dies, then you can put it at, at my feet as to why it did. But I'm going to go Jameer like Gibbs to get the end zone tomorrow. That, that's my play. I think that Jameer's going to have a – he's going to have a good day. We liked his, uh, his player props for tomorrow as well. You parlay those three together and you get plus 750. I think that we got a winner there. We're going to put that out on socials as well. Um, but, guys, I appreciate you hopping on. I know that uh, – we're looking out with some of these plays a few days out, but it's always great to get the guys together from uh, the Discord. So, Joe, promote your work. What have you got going on? I'm sorry. What am I promoting? <laughs> well, you got you to promote your X account because, I mean, we got to rebuild that. Phone. I don't know because I've gotten locked out of it twice so far today, so we're going to just leave that part alone for now. Okay, we'll go Until check Elon figures out why he keeps messing with me. Elon <laughs> doesn't fuck with Joe. So nah, Brandon, not at all. What'd you say? Brandon, promote yourself. What have you got going on over on Twitter? What are some of the plays people should be looking out for? Um, so my Twitter's at FamXO. I do straight bets, um straight bets every uh NBA day that we have NBA games. Um I do a points parlay every night. We've gotten sold by one leg for like five times in the last week. We, you know, we got sold last night because LeBron sat the whole entire fourth quarter. But I'm really close to 900 followers. I think I'm literally one follower off of 900. 
over on X, um, as well as I am doubling down my bet uh, for Ohio State this weekend. I'm doing a giveaway in the Discord and on Twitter. I'm giving away 100 bucks if Ohio State beats Michigan this weekend. So if you want to go to my Twitter or join up in the Discord and look at that, all you got to do is react to it, and you're automatically entered in the giveaway. And if Ohio State beats Michigan, you could get 100 bucks. Love it. And appreciate everyone who tuned in today. Go join the Playbook HQ Discord, folks. We got almost 300 members over there. Um, tons of plays, as I said at the start of the show, just under a dozen guys putting plays out um, from a variety of leagues, sports, whatever it is that you need. We got you covered over there. Um, and be sure to go ahead and drop a five-star review on the podcast as well if you're listening to the audio version. And we'll see you guys next time for the Competitive Hedge podcast. <laughs>